You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is Aaron's. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at Aaron's. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Did you catch season three of This is Digital? Season three of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including digital lessons from the EV revolution and the chief digital officer's role in disruption and culture, featuring guests like Ekta Chopra of Elf Beauty and Tyson Jomini of J.D. Power. Do you have a digital mindset? Find out by checking out the latest and greatest on season three of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday, August 8th edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Happy to be with you as we get a full card, actually a full card plus one, 16 games on the betting board here for Tuesday. We've got a doubleheader between the Nationals and the Phillies won't spend too much time on that because doubleheaders are difficult to bet on. But got some thoughts on the remainder of the card. Also, some thoughts on what you should do today, tomorrow, whenever you get a chance to do it. Head over to vcin.com, sign up so that you can get access to the 2023 college football betting guide that came out on August 3rd. We got team previews of all 133 FBS teams to go along with several different feature articles. A really, really good publication to get you ready for the upcoming college football season. Also, if you become a VSIN Pro subscriber, you get the opportunity to take advantage of our football package special, which runs through the Super Bowl on February 11th. That will include not only our refreshed NFL betting guide, which will come out the last week of August, but also access to all of our NBA, NHL, college basketball betting content through the Super Bowl. Or at this point, just make it easy on yourself. Get an annual subscription. 244 the year get everything that we do vsin pro all access to everything and of course that includes those very popular DraftKings betting splits which you can check out over at the website all right 16 games on the betting board for today let's dive in let's not waste any time because there is a lot to get to beginning with that doubleheader it is the nationals and the phillies you get the nationals a big underdog in both games. Philadelphia sending out Zach Wheeler in game one. They're a huge favorite in that one against Trevor Williams. And then Ranger Suarez over a $2 favorite against Josiah Gray in the second game. Now, of course, as I talked about yesterday and with this game getting postponed, not part of the card, but you know the Nationals have been a pretty good lineup against left-handed pitching. So in game two against Suarez, certainly would think they have a better shot than they would in game one against Wheeler. And a smart move by the Phillies here to send Wheeler in game one because he's the guy who has a much higher projection, a good chance of working deep into the game. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like to bet doubleheaders, you know, because you don't know who's going to play both games. Obviously, you know, the Phillies have a lot to play for. The Nationals really don't. 
So do the Nationals send everybody out for both of these games? I don't know. And of course, bullpen usage always a factor as well. So it's very tough to bet into double headers. Not going to do it here with today's two games as the Phillies, an overwhelming favorite in both of them. Next up on the card, we got the Marlins and the Reds. Braxton Garrett and Luke Weaver in this one. Marlins bought a dollar forty favorite, total of ten in this matchup. And you know, the Reds picking up a nice win yesterday over Yuri Perez and the Marlins. Brandon Williamson, good effort against a Miami lineup that's been very, very good against left-handers throughout the course of the season. So we'll see if Weaver can follow suit. But based on his numbers for this season. Hard to expect that, even against a Miami team that's much better against lefties than they are against righties. Weaver, 698 ERA, 583 expected ERA, FIP up over six as well. He might be the worst starting pitcher in baseball, at least the worst guy making a regular turn in the rotation for a team. He's given up 22 homers in 19 starts. Also, at Great American Ballpark, 825 ERA for him, 679 FIP, a 411 weighted on base average against, 614 slugging percentage against. That's quite bad. Weaver is just very, very bad in general, but also quite bad at home. That's why we see the Marlins such a big favorite here in this one. Even though Braxton Garrett, you know, he hasn't been the same guy. 414 ERA for the season, 456 expected, a very, very good 355 FIP. But over his last six starts, 583 ERA, 436 FIP, he's gotten a bit unlucky. Left on base percentage, 66.7%, BABIP 364. But the one thing for Garrett throughout the course of the season here, he's allowed a lot of hard contact. Last six starts, 49.5%. I think he's 45 or 46% for the season, something like that. So he's allowed a lot of hard contact, kind of reaping what he's sown with these recent starts that he's had here. And of course, the Marlins. They've dropped 17 of 22 here in the second half and have really fallen out of the playoff picture. They're still in it because the bubble is pretty weak in the National League, but they're really struggling here in the second half of the season. Braves and the Pirates, one of yesterday's more interesting results as Spencer Strider really got knocked around by Pittsburgh. Uh, He's had some starts where he's been really, really bad this season. A lot of really good ones, a lot of strikeouts, but he's had some starts where he's just been downright terrible yesterday one of them for the Braves so they'll hope that Yanni Chirinos can bounce back for them Chirinos coming over from the Rays this is what a lot of his stats are from 442 ERA but a 572 expected ERA 509 FIP and 71 and a third hard hit percentage against 43.8 percent the thing that's really helped Chirinos throughout his career has generally been limiting hard contact not the case here for him so far this season however Maybe Atlanta figured something out. He's only allowed six hard-hit balls and 28 batted ball events in his two starts with them. Yeah, he's allowed seven runs on 12 hits and just eight and two-thirds, but he's not getting hit as hard as he did with Tampa Bay. So maybe Atlanta has figured something out, especially because he's had back-to-back starts with a double-digit swinging strike percentage, which is not something that we saw from him at any point during this season with Tampa Bay. So maybe Atlanta pressing the right buttons here a little bit with Chirinos. But it is interesting to see a total of nine and a half here with this Pirates offense and with Mitch Keller on the mound. And the reason why, if you go back his last 13 starts, Mitch Keller, 592 ERA, 491 FIP, 24 runs allowed in his last four starts. He's really, really struggling. I thought about taking the over nine and a half in this game. It's up to 10 now across the market. Uh, But 
maybe the Braves have figured something out with Chirino. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, and we'll see what he looks like today against this Pirates offense. Got to play on the Cubs and the Mets, so we'll jump on past that to the Rockies and the Brewers. Very, very little to say about this game. Kyle Freeland, Wade Miley in this one. Brewers, minus 215, minus 220 in that range. Total of 8.5 for this one. The Brewers, of course, rolling over the Rockies 12-1 to last night. Freddie Peralta carving up that Colorado offense. For Miley, 301 ERA, 475 expected ERA, 426 FIP. Does have some negative regression signs in the profile, most notably an 82.7% left on base percentage. So Miley, not a guy I'm buying a whole lot of stock in. Also, just his second start since returning from the injured list. Went four innings, gave up one run to Washington six days ago. Very big step down in class here, though, going from facing the Nationals to facing the Rockies, who have been bad against lefties all year long, even at home, which it's rare for them to be bad at home offensively, but that's been the case here against lefties. So Miley, possibly in a good spot, hopefully pitches well, because I will be looking to go against him as we go forward here throughout the rest of the season, if he's able to stay healthy. For Kyle Freeland, 486 ERA, 546 expected, 525 FIP. Low strikeout rate, good walk rate, home run issue, not inducing as many ground balls. And while the Brewers, and I think I've talked about this a few times, while the full season numbers for the Brewers aren't very good against Southpaws, they are 13th in Woba here in the second half at 325-104 WRC+. So while not great by any means, better than the bottom five offense that they were against lefties throughout the course of the first half. One more game on the National League side of things to tackle. The Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, Julio Urias and Brandon Fott in this one. Series opener, L.A., of course, playing that getaway day game against the Padres yesterday. The Dodgers are up four on San Francisco in the NL West and nine games ahead of Arizona. Arizona here, if they lose this game tonight, and the line does suggest that they will, with the Dodgers about a $1.60 favorite total of nine for this matchup, If Arizona loses this game, they will be 500 for the first time since April 7th when they were four and four. So that gives you an idea of just how far things have fallen for the Diamondbacks here over the last five or six weeks or so. What's interesting about this game, a couple of things here. The first is, so Brandon Fott's full season numbers are quite bad. 7-11 ERA, 535 expected, 665 FIP, nine starts over 44 and a third innings pitched. However... Seven runs on 14 hits in his last three starts. Now, this was something that was reported by The Athletic. I think it was Nick well, Nick Piacoros at the Arizona Republic, I think. Uh, either way, read this from Arizona media that Brandon Fott got moved to the other side of the pitching rubber by pitching coach Brent Strom. Strom said he liked the way it looked inside sessions, thought his stuff looked a little bit better, a little bit more explosive. Now, Fott has pitched well in those last three starts. However, He's also allowed five homers. So we'll see if these changes end up continuing to work out for him. Still not a guy I would have much interest in trusting at all whatsoever, but he's been a little bit better here of late. So we'll see what he does in this big test against the Dodgers. As far as the Dodgers go, Julio Urias, 469 ERA, four expected ERA, 461 FIP, three runs on 11 hits in his last 11 innings, got blasted by the Orioles on July 19th. But since returning from the injured list on July 1st, he's got a 26.4% hard hit rate, 4.4% barrel rate. Those numbers do not support the 523 ERA that he has in his last six starts. 
60.2% left on base percentage. He is a big time positive regression candidate. Now, the problem is Urias and the Dodgers are almost always in a big favorite role. So it will be tough to find good spots to bet on him, to find some equitable spots to take him. But he is a very, very big positive regression candidate in that he's inducing a lot of weak contact, but getting a lot of unfortunate outcomes. Let's take a short break here on Vista Daily Baseball Bets and come back and talk about the American League and three interleague games for this evening. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> All right, we're back on VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews. Very, very much appreciated for this and all of our VEASAN family of podcasts. Also want to mention to you here, speaking of the NFL and that refreshed guide coming out in about three weeks' time or so, if you're getting YouTube TV, 
to get NFL Sunday ticket, get the Sports Plus package while you're at it because then you can watch VSIN. Our 24-7 programming is available on YouTube TV with that Sports Plus package. So I very much encourage you to check that out. Also encourage you to check out this game between Houston and Baltimore. Framber Valdez on the bump for the Astros. Grayson Rodriguez on the hill for the Orioles. Valdez and the Astros, minus 125, minus 130. Total of eight in this one. And for Valdez, of course, coming off of the no-hitter against Cleveland, threw a no-hitter and under 100 pitches as well. 307 ERA, 386 expected, 311 FIP. The thing that's weird is that Valdez had allowed 15 runs on 21 hits in his previous three starts, but then he goes out and no hits Cleveland. So, you know, you wonder, was it Cleveland? Was it just one of those days? Was it not facing an AL West team because he's faced a lot of those here recently? Maybe we'll find out today as Baltimore, an above average offense against lefties throughout the course of the season for the most part, and certainly here in the second half where they are 12th in Wobut 325, with a 107 WRC plus. So something to keep in mind, you know, a lot of times people want to fade the no hitters and the special occasions and all that. Look, to me, it's more of a matter of how many pitches did the guy throw? How hard did he have to work? Valdez did not have to work very hard in that game against Cleveland. So the only carryover is having made history. There shouldn't be any fatigue or anything like that. As far as Rodriguez goes, 609 ERA, 518 expected, 480 FIP. However, Four starts since coming back from the minors, 357 ERA, 256 FIP. He's only given up 15 hits in those 22 and two-thirds. Hasn't given up a home run. 36.2% hard hit percentage, 3.4% barrel rate. And that's important because in his first 10 starts, he had a 52.2% hard hit percentage, 12.7% barrel rate. The Baltimore bullpen is in good shape here today. Felix Bautista and Yenier Cano are both just fine. I lean Baltimore, but the thing of it is, it's just hard to score off of Valdez. Good strikeout rate, high ground ball rate. It's a very low margin for error for Rodriguez and the Baltimore bullpen. So there's not a wide range of outcomes in this game. You feel like Baltimore probably has to win at 3-2, to 4-2, to two, something like that. So maybe the under would be a better play, but of course that total already down to 7.5 out there. Or no, it's eight, excuse me, down to eight in some places. If you can find an under eight and a half, that's probably a decent play to make. Uh, under eight, eh, that was one that I just couldn't really get to. But I think under eight and a half is a pretty interesting bet there in that game. Toronto and Cleveland, Yusei Kikuchi, Tanner Bybee in this one. Blue Jays, $1.30 road favorite, total of eight. Jose Ramirez's suspension was announced, but he is appealing, so he shouldn't have to serve it tonight. We'll see how quickly the league gets back on that whole thing. But look, you know, for Cleveland, once again, Gavin Williams pitched really well yesterday, dominated a right-handed heavy lineup, 12 strikeouts over seven, one hit innings and Cleveland loses three to one. And that's just the nature of the beast for this Cleveland team. You know, they've had some positive outcomes offensively with their balls in play here over the last six weeks or so, but this is still just a bad offense. It's a low quality offense that doesn't make a lot of contact quality and they're going to have a lot of games where they struggle to score. Today could very well be one of them. Kikuchi allows a lot of homers. 22 homers allowed this season. Also 119 strikeouts and 115 and a third. Now, Cleveland's strikeout avoidance could be a big factor in this game because Kikuchi has allowed a 43% hard hit percentage and a 9.5% barrel rate. So when he does allow balls in play, they're generally hit pretty hard. So 
We'll see what Cleveland's able to do here. However, Cleveland, they are awful against lefties. 252 Woba, 56 WRC plus in the second half. They've been bad all season long. I just don't really trust them offensively against Southpaws. Even though I think Bybee's going to pitch pretty well in this game. He's pitched very well of late. He gave up six runs when he went and pitched against the Padres in California. That was his first start back in his home state. Went to Cal State Fullerton. Since then, he's allowed 12 earned runs total in his last eight starts. 50 to 21 strikeout to walk ratio. Seven runs on 20 hits and 24 and two-thirds here in the second half. Maybe the under a possibility here in this game as well. Um, But Kikuchi does have some home road splits that are a little bit concerning. His slugging percentage is 90 points higher on the road. Woba, 42 points higher on the road. So a lot of moving parts for this game. Ultimately didn't play anything. If you want a fun money bet in this one, David Fry of Cleveland. He's kind of a platoon guy that sort of plays a few different positions for them. 141 WRC plus in 39 plate appearances against lefties has a couple of homers. So maybe that's a play that you make as a long shot fun money bet in that one. Moving on to the Royals and the Red Sox, Brady Singer, Cutter Crawford in this one. Brady Singer has been a little bit better here of late. Four runs allowed in his last three starts over 19 innings, 23 strikeouts for him. The problem is he's a two pitch pitcher. So unless both pitches are really, really working, He's going to struggle, and he has struggled most of the year with a 510 ERA, 494 expected ERA, 395 FIP, really, really high hard hit percentage of 50.5%. He's just allowed too much hard contact for me to trust him going to Fenway Park. And Cutter Crawford's been really, really good, but he doesn't work all that deep into games. Not a lot of pitch efficiency for him. Winds up going about five innings and getting yanked. So that adds some strain and some stress on the Boston bullpen. Also, as I talked about yesterday, Kansas City's offense has been in the realm of league average here in the second half, so they've been a little bit better. We'll see what happens here in this game between the Royals and the Red Sox, but no play for me as Boston about $1.80 or $1.85 favorite. Clark Schmidt, Tukey Toussaint, Yankees and the White Sox. White Sox beating Garrett Cole last night despite a lot of bad press and a lot of bad PR for them right now. Uh, Some talks about some incidents in the clubhouse. Uh, Some guys leave the team and say that there's some culture issues there. But the White Sox playing a little bit better here of late than they had been playing throughout the majority of the season. And who knows, maybe some of the troublemakers have kind of left the team and and maybe things are a little bit lighter right now at guaranteed rate field. But an interesting matchup today with Clark Schmidt and Tukey Toussaint, as I said. So the Yankees are a big favorite, minus 155, minus 160 range. Clark Schmidt talked a lot about this cat throughout the course of the season here. 435 ERA, 426 expected, 433 FIP, but a tale of two seasons for this guy. From the start of the season through May 14th, 630 ERA, 467 FIP. He did have 48 strikeouts in 40 innings, but a 383 BABIP, 48.8% hard hit percentage, 12.2% barrel rate. Over his last 13 starts, the hard hit rate down to 40.2%, ERA down to 323, which is outstanding, but only 55 strikeouts in 69 and two-thirds innings. So the Yankees essentially turned him into a pitch-to-contact guy, and he's had much more success. And frankly, I don't think the performance he's had over his last 13 starts is really being talked about enough. So we'll see what he does here against the Chicago lineup that, of course, has a very, very low baseline, especially against right-handed pitchers. For Toussaint, 
again, he's facing a lineup that hasn't done much in a while with the Yankees. He's not really a guy that I would look at long-term. He's got some control issues as well. But that being said, he's been pretty good against righties in the small sample size this season, holding them to a 288 weighted on base average, 23 to nine strikeout to walk ratio and 69 plate appearances. Whereas lefties have walked 18 times against just 15 strikeouts. So against this right-handed heavy Yankees lineup, Toussaint may be in a decent spot here. Thought about taking the under in this game as well. There were a lot of totals I was interested in today. Totals really aren't my strong suit. So I have to really, really like one to take it. Didn't really, really like this one, but I think it's a bit of an interesting number there at nine. Max Scherzer and J.P. Sears as the Rangers take on the A's. Second start as a Ranger for Scherzer. We were on the over yesterday, over eight and a half. Rangers win five to three. Game comes up a run short. The teams were two for 18 with men in scoring position. So that'll do it. That's what decides the total. What happens with runners in scoring position and neither team able to really capitalize on those opportunities in yesterday's game. Scherzer, his first start against the White Sox, he gave up all three runs in the first inning, then really settled down and pitched well. I would assume he pitches well today against Oakland. I don't think that's all that thick of a limb to go out on. As far as Sears goes, what's interesting to me about him, 407 ERA, 459 expected, 515 FIP, he's actually been better on the road, which as a fly ball guy with a home run concern, I don't want to call it a problem, but a concern, you would think he'd pitch better at the Coliseum, but that has not been the case here for Sears this season. The reason why I call it a concern is because 16 of his 25 homers are solo shots. He doesn't walk guys. He doesn't give up a lot of hits. He's just a strike thrower, fly ball guy. I saw one of those a lot with Josh Tomlin where, you know, his numbers typically put his ERA in the mid fours just because he gave up a lot of home runs, but everything else was largely just fine. So that's the thing for Sears. And we'll see if the Rangers are able to slug some dingers against him in tonight's game where Texas get a big favorite minus 250. Total is down to seven and a half here, though, in this one. We move to the interleague portion of the show. Cardinals and the Rays thought long and hard about the total in this game as well, looking at the under eight and a half between Miles Michaelis and Zach Eflin. This total is juiced a little bit to the under eight and a half side. A couple of concerns for me, though. The first is, With Zach Eflin, you know, the MRI came back clean on his knee, but when you've got knee discomfort, when you've got knee pain, I think a lot of times people just look at pitchers for arm injuries, shoulders, elbows, et cetera. But when you have those lower body injuries, sometimes it can change your mechanics. It can change kind of the way that you load, kind of the way that you go through your windup, the way that you're landing, stuff like that. So while Eflin was really good last time out against the Yankees with six shutout innings, and he's on a couple of extra days of rest here, I just wasn't super confident in backing him in this context with taking the total. That being said, he's been phenomenal at home this season, holding the opposition to a 240 weighted on base average, 260 ERA, 265 FIP, 75 to 8 strikeout to walk ratio at home, 207 batting average against. So maybe I'm overblowing the knee issue for Eflin. That's definitely a possibility where the numbers very much suggest He pitches well here today against the Cardinals, although St. Louis has been a good offensive team throughout the course of the season. For Michaelis, you know, look, a guy that's going on extra rest himself because he had to serve a suspension after throwing at a Cubs player after the backswing caught Wilson Contreras in the head. 
it's a thing where for Michaelis, he's had some rough outings here lately. He's kind of been good, bad, good, bad. And I don't really want to buy into a profile like that because it clearly means there's something going on. So another one where I got close with a total, but again, totals just not really my forte. I, I really, really have to like them to buy into one. And, and this is one where I'm just not sure that I fully buy in. Giants and the Angels here. The Giants using Scott Alexander as their opener. Alex Wood will be the bulk guy. Lucas Giolito getting the call for the Angels. Angels have dropped seven in a row after being a really big buyer at the trade deadline. So that has not really worked out all that well for them. They do have a good chance here today against Wood. 483 ERA, 511 expected, 509 FIP. Really, really high walk rate as well. Strikeout rate is down this season. Angels top 10 offense against lefties. If they're going to break the streak, today will be a good chance for them to do it. But I think this is a tricky start here for Lucas Giolito. 436 ERA, 478 expected ERA, 487 FIP. He's allowed 12 runs on 14 hits in two starts with the Angels. Also, Giolito's a local kid. Went to Harvard Westlake High School in LA. So a lot of friends, a lot of family in attendance here as he makes his home debut at Angel Stadium. So for a guy who's struggling already, not always excited about those emotional starts and those difficult situational spots. And this could be one here today for Giolito as he pitches in front of presumably a lot of friends and family there at the Big A. Finally, for the interleague card, then we'll get to the two plays I've got for today. Padres and the Mariners. This is a tough one because Nick Martinez starting what's probably a Johnny Holstaff game for San Diego. Martinez is pitching on two days rest. He threw two innings the other day. He threw three innings back on August 1st. So he's kind of become a bulk opener, I guess I would say, as the Padres try to figure things out in the absence of Joe Musgrove. Also, Michael Waka still on the IL. So Martinez getting the start here. And unless the Padres make a roster move throughout the course of the day, and they certainly could, they don't really have a long man. So this will be an all hands on deck kind of game, which on some level, isn't that bad of a thing, especially against a Mariners team that strikes out a lot and you get all these specialists in there that typically have higher strikeout rates. But on the other hand, you're asking six, seven, eight relievers to all do their jobs. And that makes it a really difficult handicap in a lot of ways. Logan Gilbert, 386 ERA, 362 expected, 363 FIP, 12 runs on 29 hits and 22 and a third since the break. He's a guy that's gotten unlucky a little bit. Left on base percentage just around 70%, even though his strikeout and walk peripherals look really, really good. So not really much to do with this game, but I will mention the Mariners, despite a 28.6% strikeout rate in the second half, have a 115 WRC+. plus. So offensively, they have really picked things up. All right, got two plays for you for today. We start in Queens with the Cubs and the Mets. It'll be... Carlos Carrasco going for the Mets in this one. Jamison Tyone going for the Cubs. The Cubs, best Woba in baseball in the second half against righties at 404. And that's a problem for Carlos Carrasco. Since the All-Star break, 23 runs allowed in four starts, over 15 and a third innings pitched. He's faced 83 batters in that span and only struck out nine of them. So the stuff is just not good for Carrasco. He's had a lot of injuries throughout the course of his career. He's a free agent at the end of the season. I wouldn't be shocked if this is it for him. One of baseball's all-time good guys, a guy who's actually had a really, really strong career, but it's kind of coming to a sad end here with what we're seeing out of him 
this season. Overall, 660 ERA, 662 expected ERA, a 6 FIP. Strikeout rate way down, as I mentioned. The walk rate way up. Home run to fly ball percentage has skyrocketed as well. Just not a good look for Carrasco here of late. As far as tie-on goes, 536 ERA, 511 expected, 465 FIP. Does have some positive regression signs in the profile. Left on base percentage around 65%. And he's only allowed seven runs over his last five starts. So he's been much, much better. Cubs bullpen got a night off yesterday with uh, the blowout loss to the Mets. Did have a rain delay late in that game last night. So they kind of packed it in a little bit early and just kind of played out the string for that game. But I think the Cubs bounce back. They've been playing extremely well. I like them laying $1.30 here in this one. The other bet I've got for today, AL Central matchup between the Twins and the Tigers. Tigers, about a minus, uh, or excuse me, the Twins, about a minus 120 favorite. Total of eight in this one. Eduardo Rodriguez gets the call for Detroit. Sonny Gray going for Minnesota here. And while Rodriguez has been really, really good throughout the course of the season, kind of curious to see how this start goes, where he opted not to waive his no-trade clause, stayed with the Tigers, well, we'll see what kind of reaction he gets from the fans. I would think it's a positive one, but you know, you never know, especially because this is a team that badly needs offense in the minor league system, and they just don't really have any of it. Rodriguez has pitched very well throughout the course of the season, 296 ERA, 310 FIP, but the Twins, who don't have great numbers against lefties for the season, do have a 125 WRC plus in that split in the second half. They're fifth in WRC plus, sixth in Woba against lefties. They're just far and away the better offensive team here in this game. And also Sonny Gray on the bump for Minnesota, 318 ERA, 386 expected ERA, 292 FIP. He's been pretty strong here over his last couple of starts and really strong throughout the course of the season as well. Tigers are a bad offense overall, 28th in Woba, 84 WRC plus in the second half. Twins are a top five offense here in the second half. So I'm getting the better offense, similar starting pitchers. Twins have the better bullpen. I'll lay the dollar 20 with them. It was minus 118 at DraftKings when the article went up. I see minus 122 now, but anything in that minus 115, minus 120 range, a good number here on Minnesota. Covered a lot of ground on today's edition of Easton Daily Baseball Bets, and that's what I'll do for the rest of the week here as we're back to some semblance of normalcy with the podcast and, of course, the article Monday through Saturday over at vston.com. So, as always, thank you so much for listening, everybody, and I'll be back again tomorrow with another edition of vston Daily Baseball Bets. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You deserve to treat yourself. 
So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.